Good morning, everyone. This is Father Nate, missionary priest in Italy. Today is November 5th of 2023, and we're celebrating the 31st Sunday in Ordinary Time. Today's Gospel comes to us from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 23, verses 1 through 12. Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. Therefore, do and observe all things whatsoever they tell you, but do not follow their example. For they preach, but they do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens hard to carry and lay them on people's shoulders, but they will not lift a finger to move them. All their works are performed to be seen. They widen their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels. They love places of honor at banquets, seats of honor in synagogues, greetings in marketplaces, and the salutation rabbi. As for you, do not be called rabbi. You have but one teacher, and you are all brothers. Call no one on earth your father. You have but one father in heaven. Do not be called master. You have but one master, the Christ. The greatest among you must be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. One of the themes that's present in all of today's readings is that of fatherhood and motherhood, about what it really means to be a parent. In the first reading, God sternly warns priests that they will receive a curse instead of a blessing, because they don't keep the ways of the Lord and have led many astray by their teaching. They haven't been good fathers, as it were, and the people have suffered as a result. After all, all the people have one father, God himself, and so they're all equal in dignity. The psalm speaks of being humble and finding peace in God using this beautiful imagery of a mother and child. I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child. Like a weaned child on its mother's lap, so is my soul within me. The second reading, taken from Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, shows us what a good father does. Paul recounts his sacrifices as he sought to spread the gospel, comparing his labors to the work of a mother. We were gentle among you, he says, as a nursing mother cares for her children. With such affection for you, we were determined to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our very selves as well. So dearly beloved had you become to us. Now in the gospel, Jesus tells the crowds not to follow the example of the scribes and the Pharisees, because they say one thing but do another. He then gives a series of injunctions to the crowds, and one sticks out. He says, Call no one on earth your father. You have but one father in heaven. Call no one on earth your father. You have but one father in heaven. Now, it's important that we understand the context in which Jesus is speaking, and then we can apply these words to our own lives, concerning what it means to be a father or a mother. What is it that Jesus is pointing out by saying this? As always, the context is very important. Jesus says to call no man on earth father, as he rebukes the scribes and the Pharisees. As he tells the crowds what they should do, he gives them a list of titles they aren't supposed to use. He tells them to call no man rabbi or teacher, to call no man father, and to call no man master. Now, the title father was often given to rabbis as a title of honor. But the problem was, as Jesus points out, that often the people looked to them rather than to God the Father. The scribes and the Pharisees were fathers in such a way that they hid God the Father. 
They made him difficult to find. So Jesus isn't saying not to use that word or that we can't call priests or even our earthly fathers by that name. In fact, if we read in the first letter of the Corinthians, St. Paul calls himself the father of those whom he brought to knowledge of God. Rather, what Christ is doing is, is asking us to consider what it really means to be a father. Now, it might surprise us, but this idea of God's fatherhood is the most recurrent theme of the Gospels. It forms the heart of what Jesus preaches about. And that word father appears over 200 times in the gospel. Now, the early Christian writer Tertullian explains the novelty of this when he writes, the expression, God the Father, had never been revealed to anyone. When Moses himself asked God who he was, he heard another name. That's because the Father's name has been revealed to us in the Son, for the name Son implies the new name Father. In other words, we can, we can invoke God, we can call on Him as Father, because He's revealed to us by His Son, who became man, and because His Spirit makes God the Father known to us. Now, we don't have to look very far to see that the institution of the family is going through some difficult times, right? And what are the current statistics? Over half of marriages end in divorce, and we know that there's lots of couples who just don't get married. The list goes on. As the family suffers more and more, it affects the way we understand what it means to be a father or mother. And this, in turn, affects the way we see God the Father. So, if we want to reverse this trend, then we need to go in the opposite direction. We need to learn from God the Father himself what it means to be a father. And here, we can take father in the broad sense, meaning not just like biological father, but also mothers. And not just on the natural level, but also on on the supernatural level. This idea of being a parent applies to biological parents, mothers and fathers, adoptive parents, grandparents, teachers, friends, sisters, priests. Whenever we talk about giving life to someone, be that in the physical sense or in the sense of bringing someone to grow in the life of grace, we're speaking of being a parent. And St. Paul says beautifully uh, when he writes to the Ephesians, he says, all fatherhood comes from God the Father. All fatherhood comes from God the Father. That means that we learn to be good fathers and mothers from God the Father. And because he's the perfect model, no matter what our own experiences have been, no matter you know how our own parents or grandparents or teachers have been, we can learn to be good parents from the school of God the Father. We can point out really quickly just seven different characteristics of God the Father, seven characteristics that serve as a model for parents. First, God is immutable. That means he doesn't change right? There must be an immutability or stability, if you prefer, in the principles and decisions of every earthly parent, right? Stability is the foundation of authority. It's true that sometimes things need to be adjusted or changed, but a changing parent, meaning one who's insecure or fickle or inconstant, unpredictable, undecisive, is one who has no authority. And they pass on to their children that spirit of unpredictability and whim, right? And it makes a life of instability, insecurity, and disorientation. Parents need to be stable. And that means having stable of principles. Second, God is omnipresent. That means he's everywhere. He sees everything. I mean, obviously, human parents can't, can't be everywhere. But they should try to be as present as much to their children as possible. Right? That means not only effectively, like carrying them in their hearts and their mind, but also physically. Right? In a very valuable document from the church, we read, 
parents must find time to be with their children and take time to talk with them. As a gift and a commitment, children are their most important task, although seemingly not always a very profitable one. Children are more important than work, entertainment, and social position. That comes from a church document. Parents need to spend time with their children, right? It might not seem to be a profitable thing, like, oh, I could make more money if I were, you know, not home with my children. Uh, I could entertain myself more if I didn't have these kids, but that's not the point. Children are more important than that. Thirdly, God is omniscient and wise. He knows everything, right? And again, of course, no creature can be that way, but a parent should know, in so much as it's possible, everything that concerns their children. Right? Again, that doesn't mean knowing theories about children, right? Like having book knowledge. No, it means actually knowing your kids, knowing their identity, their problems, their goals, their ideals. And we do that how? By listening to them, observing them. And if parents don't take time to do that, who will? Social media, their friends. Likewise, God is holy, and good parents need to aspire to holiness. Holiness is the universal vocation. Everybody's called to it. Men and women, everyone. To be perfect, you need to be united to God by grace. right? And to be good parents, you need to be united to God. And lastly, God is, at one and the same time, and without any contradiction, both merciful and just. Right? And so earthly parents need to know how to be just, but also forgiving, just like God is. Sometimes they talk about having an iron hand and a velvet glove. To know how to be firm and gentle at the same time, right? So we can ask ourselves, how well do we imitate God the Father in our parenting, right? And again, parenting in the broad sense. Maybe it's having biological children, adopted children, or being a religious or priest or teacher or friend. Are we stable? Are we omnipresent, wise, and holy? Do we try to study at the school of God the Father? Do we trust him to make good our defects and deficiencies? So today, through the intercession of Mary, mother of the incarnate word, let's ask for the grace to to be true parents to those whom God has called us to love and to give life to, so that we might not only be fathers and mothers in word, but rather in deed and in fact.